Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Sci-Fi Wise Guys podcast. My name is Anthony. And my name is Chris. Hey, Chris, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. How about yourself? I am muy fantastico. Is that a phrase? Is that actually Spanish? I think so. I know excelente. Maybe I should have said muy excelente. Fantastico. Yes. Is it a- <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long time since freshman year Spanish. Uh <laughs> Very, very long time since freshman year Spanish, and I, but I remembered. Yeah, this is a, a special Thursday release. We usually release episodes every Monday. We do random bonus episodes on Thursdays and then first impression episodes whenever we feel like it, because it's our podcast. Sue us. Uh, so we squeezed in an extra movie in our JTRO July schedule. We were originally going to do the FP, FP2, and then... All superheroes must die. All superheroes must die. I think the sequel is called like The Last Superhero or something along those lines. But I've been reading a lot of marketing material. I think the name changed a few times, so I'm getting it confused. Mm. We were going to watch both of those, which I had never seen, so I was looking forward to that. And then Mr. Jatro himself, who I'm I'm certain this is the first time he's ever been called Mr. Jatro. (laughs) Please. Mr. Jatro is my father. Um. I thought it was Dad Tro, just like his mom <laughs> in the movie was Mom Tro. Anyway, anyways, anyways, Jason Trost, intergalactic filmmaker of much fame, uh, was bewildered and tweeted at us about how could we not watch How to Save Us and J. Tro July? How does that even work? And we realized that, um, well, we had some shortcomings and we've overcome them. Well, I think we also didn't know how sci-fi it was because when I read the blurb on the FP2 episode, it just says behind the lines with a bunch of ghosts, something yeah, to that I mean, effect. Yeah, ghosts sci-fi, sci-fi adjacent. Yeah. As That's yeah. what we do in the podcast. We watch science fiction and science fiction adjacent movies, television shows, whatever, and then of course. yell at each other about it. We just figured that all superheroes must die might be a little bit more science fiction. So True. I think that's the reason why we went with it. Yes. Also, there were two of them. It felt weird not to do them both, so we just squeezed them both in. Either way, we were wrong. Mr. J. Tro was correct. And <laughs> he did it again. And so we watched so we watched <laughs> How to Save Us. <laughs> How to Save Us is from 2014. Uh, it doesn't have a genre on IMDb that I could find or a Wikipedia entry like some of his other movies. On Rotten Tomatoes, it is described as horror slash sci-fi, which I think is uh, pretty accurate. Shifting back to IMDb. Just to read you all the blurb here. Brian Everett's younger brother, Sam, goes missing on the island of Tasmania during the middle of a mysterious quarantine, forcing Brian to traverse across enemy lines to save his brother from an army of ghosts. That is a long sentence. That's <laughs> that's almost three full lines of sentence. I don't know if it's a run-on sentence. Like, I think that that's a know. proper sentence. It's just very, very long. I don't know. I, don't, I also don't care enough to know <laughs> yeah fair enough that's just me who cares oh now imdb is loaded drama fantasy horror it says so i was wrong before mm. it has a rating of 5.1 stars out of 10 on imdb with 804 uh, ratings median score of six uh, it's got a little bit more of an even distribution i think both fp movies we've reviewed earlier this month had over 20 percent of the ratings be a 10 out of 10 uh, this one has 19.2% of ratings at 10, 16.3 at 8, and 13.9 at 5. So it's kind of, it, it's definitely uh, heavier on the top end, but it does, uh, it is a little bit more of a, an even spread. Do you have any facts 
or figures from any other sites? Rotten Tomatoes has four critical reviews with no rating. Not enough to trigger the uh, algorithm or whatever. What are those reviews? Three of them are fresh. One is rotten. I'll call it 75% fresh. What about you? (laughs) (laughs) And then audience score of 42% based on 50 ratings and Metacritic doesn't have enough information. Sure. As we see with a lot of indie films. Wasn't really expecting anything else. There's one critical review and it is uh, 38 but um, okay. ironically, the person who gave the one negative review on Rotten Tomatoes is the same person who gave the negative review on Metacritic. At least they're consistent with their messaging. So Yeah, at least that person is consistent. <laughs> all right. Well, that's I think that's all the facts we're going to get out of this. Not as many facts with the indie films than some of the bigger films or, or uh, more prominent productions that we uh, that we review. So why don't you go ahead and tell us your opinions, Chris? It's been a while since I've taken actual notes for an episode of our podcast. I want you to know that I took notes. Oh. And for the listeners out there who never saw or (laughs) didn't know exactly what I mean. So I used to actually write, I used to type out plot points whenever we were doing the episode or whenever we were doing the, the plot breakdowns. And when we decided to stop doing that, it made my life a little easier. I'm sure it made Anthony's life a little easier. Oh, yeah. But I stopped taking notes aside from just like random things that I would write down. I have eight notes for this movie. The first one is, is this movie just a Fallout DLC? <laughs> well, so okay. okay. for the most part, spoilers in 321, there's only six actors. There are six named actors in the credits. I'm, yeah. I'm sure it's on more than one occasion, there's more crew than there is cast, but... Six, okay? Uh, The majority of the time we spend our time focused on Jason Trost's character, Brian, and then uh, Sam, played by Coy Jandreau. I'm guessing it's how I pronounce it. Sorry, Coy. But most of the time, they're just kind of like raggedy, dirty, walking around, listening to a radio. I kind of felt like I was watching a Fallout movie a little bit. There's a lot of scrounging. There's a lot of like surviving. You know, they're going around kind of trying to collect stuff. I thought it was really interesting. I thought it was really neat. The last time we saw anything kind of like this was, um, well, the last two times was on, uh, not only. What's that movie? <laughs> only. What was oh, the one horrible. with the the battle tanks prequel? That was what only. End up calling it? Was it only? Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So only is the battle tanks prequel. Yeah. Only was very similar, and then Malefica a little bit because we get a lot of malice or whatever his name was walking around aimlessly in the forest. So I thought that was pretty cool. I really enjoyed how the radio was a character. Yeah. Like not in the sense that like you could see them or whatever, but there's probably more dialogue from the radio than anyone else in this movie. I would venture a guess to say that. And then there's a scene at the end where Brian tries to perform CPR on a corpse. That was weird. I wasn't expecting that. Uh, you know, but it's yeah. Yeah, it's panic set in, you know, hey, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, my brother. Do whatever I can to save him. But like I said, for the most part, I, I really enjoyed this movie. It's weird to see Jason Trost be somber all the time, because I think he's somber a little bit in the FP, but I mean, he's it's usually he's hyped up or he's working out or he's, you know. In a montage, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or he's trying to bag some lady. And so I thought it was an interesting flick. I found the, the, the ghosts, they were ghosts. I'm holding up quotation mark ghosts. Because uh, they were more like interdimensional 
specters or poltergeists, probably, I would yeah. say more than a ghost. It was also, a, I guess, a very personal story for someone. Like, whoever wrote the... Uh, I mean, he wrote the script, right? Yeah, Jason Tross, writer. It just seemed very, 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 you know, someone letting out some emotion in their art, but... Oh, yeah, that's what yeah. art is, right? Yeah, that's what I got. Those are my initial thoughts and opinions. How about you? Okay. Uh, it's funny you brought, out, brought up Fallout, because I had an impression, not my first impression, but I had the impression of Silent Hill or... Mm the first couple of Resident Evil games, like survival horror, if that makes sense, where yep. he, there's not a lot of, sca- there's some scavenging, like you said, but it's not Fallout, typical role-playing game where you're just looting everything you can and blah, blah, blah. But it was very much a very pointed, like, I need this. Oh, I can mm-hmm. use this item to get that. You know, he goes through the presents at that, that birthday party to find the keys to the car, something that Sam left behind, didn't find or didn't think to look for. Or decided not to, whatever that whatever that looks like. So it definitely reminded me more of that. My first impression was after finishing the movie, besides the fact that I never owned a power glove and I kind of <laughs> want one. <laughs> and I've wanted one for 30 years now. And uh, he mutilated his. It's whatever. It, this movie, How to Save Us, is the longest short film I've ever seen. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I don't mean that in a negative way. It's an hour and 18 minutes. So it's definitely not a short film. It's also not your typical, like I think most movies are expected to hit that 90 minute mark. That's that, that roughly anyways, that's kind of that mm-hmm. sweet spot for, for better, for worse. I've, I've no idea why, but that's just what is expected. So this is an episode and a half of full length television, but it definitely. 71 minutes. I'm yeah. sorry, 78 minutes. 78 yeah. minutes. Yeah. But it definitely feels like a short film. Like it reminded me of Malefica. It reminded me a little bit of Black Angel. And maybe that's just because those are the short films we've watched recently or in the past year in which you, you don't have a whole lot of characters. I mean, you said there's six principal actors. We really only ever see two on screen. Four. I think at most for, we only ever see two people. For 95% of the yeah. movie, we see two people on screen. Yeah. Uh, you have Ryan, uh, that's, we already mentioned Jason Tross and Coy, uh, Jandro, Jandro, very sorry also for mispronouncing your name. Yeah. Jason Tross's character, Brian, is trying to find his brother, Sam. You have Ryan Gibson as the anchorman. Anchorman? Anchorman? He's the guy on the radio who it's got a special life, shout out this past uh, Sagan. I said, it's your life, man. We're just living in it. You can pronounce it any way you want. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Anyways, so Ryan Gibson played the voice on the radio. He also played several characters in FP2. He got a special shout out a few days ago for that. I've been looking at his IMDb page. He'll be back as different characters in FP3 and 4. <laughs> so I'm down for that. He's called just the... His name is The Sequel. In FP3, <laughs> yes. Yeah. In FP4, it's... WMD. Weapon of Mass Destruction. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, which I'm pretty sure was the name of a drug in the first FP, but we, whatever. It's all good. Tally Wickham as Molly, who we only ever hear her voice. She also played in other Jason Trost movies. Uh, we we see her on camera. Do we? She is like l- literally when Sam arrives to their old vacation home, he finds a video camera and oh, he's, he that's watches right. a video that's right. and yes. she is talking. Yes, that's and right. And I guess... Bryn, who is the uh, person he finds in the bathroom, dead. Yes. I believe she was the camera holder. I guess I forgot we did see her at that point. And maybe, yeah. I mean, who was it? Who was the ghostly figure he saw outside of the house? I think it was Molly. Was that Molly? 
or a yeah. figure of Molly because I don't think she's dead. No, no, I think it was just is the ghost messing with him. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. But for like I said, for ninety eight percent of the movie, it's mm-hmm. Brian, Sam, and the voice on the radio. I've mentioned five out of the six actors. The sixth actor is Michael Gupta uh, as conspiracy theorist. Like for life, we can't remember when we saw him. Like maybe he was on the radio too. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it was a voice thing. Anyway. So when I say that this was the longest short film I've ever seen, that is definitely not a dig at this movie. It has a very deliberate pace. It definitely utilizes the space. And I'm not, I'm not a filmmaker, so I'm going to use all of the wrong words here, but it's very well shot. It makes you feel the loneliness. It makes you feel the emptiness of the space they're in. There's always a feeling that something's about to happen. And when stuff does happen, it is very intense. I mean, they were able to pull off some excellent CGI, some excellent practical effects with the budget they had. Having a monster where they give us the rules for the monsters right away, the ghosts right away. They could be seen on infrared. Uh, You might hear them uh, come through the radio if you're on the right frequency. That Those types of things. So we know more or less the rules that bind these creatures pretty much from the get-go yet it's still intense you know you never know there's a couple of there's a couple of moments where you're just like okay something bad's about to happen and it doesn't there's a couple of moments where you're for sure something bad's about to happen and then it does very much kept me on my toes i enjoy this movie quite a bit as i think you can tell (laughs) it did have that singularity thing I think we talked about it in Singularity where there's multiple scenes Mm. where like the camera stays on something and you're like, oh, something's going to jump out of that darkness and then nothing happens. I get what you're saying. Singularity? Mm -hmm. I blacked that movie out. (laughs) When they're in the church and there's like this weird shot over her shoulder, over the the female lead shoulder. Oh, what a horrible film. How dare you compare these two films? (laughs) How dare you? I just said it was like. Oh my gosh. The difference was with Singularity, there's no payoff. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and you hate yourself while you're watching it. With this movie, it's definitely intriguing. It's very, very well shot. Like I said, it's kind of got that survival horror piece to it. Definitely, I, I want to say some Twilight Zone influences. Yeah. We talked a little bit when we watched FP2 about the different influences on those films. And this has, it's interesting because this the influences on this film definitely come from the same era. Like, I can look back at my childhood or young adolescence and be like, oh, this is an influence from this game or comic or TV show or movie or whatever. But it's a completely different set of influences than what we saw with uh, the FP movies. Yeah, there's definitely some surreal Friday the 13th dream sequence, like haphazardness at the end, like when he goes into the dimension door. Or whatever it was, the portal. Yeah, I, I another thing when it comes to portals. I wrote down here that there's a book that's just called Portal Book. Oh, I meant to look that up. <laughs> Are, when you say Friday the 13th, you, you you mean Nightmare on Elm Street or Friday the 13th? I'm sorry, Nightmare on Elm Street is okay. the movie I'm thinking okay. of. Yeah. But yeah, like how whenever Freddy would drag you into your, or when he would enter your dreams and he would twist and manipulate the environment and it would be this weird, surreal thing. It, it very much reminded me when he was walking around that that house with all the mannequins and the televisions mm-hmm. that were on. There was definitely some JJ Abrams lens flare going on. I appreciated that. <laughs> yeah. Like back to what you said, sound back to what you said about the EMP or I'm sorry, the power glove, which, which is an EMP device at the very end when the, I, cause what I assume happened is, cause when they talk about there was a portal, he surmises there was a portal in their house all along. 
Or nearby. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so when he says, you've been with us the whole time, I think he means that like his dad was possessed by one of these ghosts or was one of these ghosts. I don't know. Influenced by it in some way. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? When he says, he's like, you can't, he says something like, you you don't have the power. I really wanted him to do that. (laughs) Like. What was that? Like the 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 wizard, right? The, yes, the wizard, yes, yes. Where he like raises his hand and he goes, "I've got the power," but he didn't do that. Uh, we're we're kind of spoiling the movie. Uh, it's definitely I worth said watching. Spoilers. You did, you did. <laughs> I just want to tell everybody: definitely watch this film, despite what we're saying about the power glove, <laughs> or because of what we're saying about the power glove. However you want to, <laughs> there was a, you a beautiful it. line of dialogue that I caught. Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> oh goodness. And then my favorite line of the movie, which I think qualifies, unfortunately, for the worst line of the movie. Nothing is gone, Brian. It's just not there anymore. Yeah. I mean, there's there's meaning behind it, as in nothing is really gone. It's just not where it is. It just, it felt like a really bad line for me. I just. Yeah. That's my, I, that's my I'm one. with you. If I can criticize any dialogue in this movie, that's the only thing I can criticize. Yeah. Well, I'm there with you. Did you find your book on portals? I found so many. <laughs> I'm watching the movie right now. He has it on his YouTube channel. It's also available on Tubi, T-U-B-I-T-V.com. Never, never heard of that before. Um, you can also watch it there. Or, of course, what you should do is go to Twitter, go to at TheJTro, hit the link in his bio, purchase the film. It's only $20. While you're at it, purchase several other, others of his films. Yeah, spend your money. I actually did purchase this. Oh, nice. I watched it on YouTube. I was impressed with the, the quality, so... I went ahead and rented it on Amazon. I was I was worried about having to get subtitles just in case, because um, you know sometimes that's that happens. I didn't have to for this, but I was worried about having to have subtitles, so I went ahead and rented it on Amazon Prime. It was only like two or three dollars. Totally worth it. I did purchase the All Superheroes Must Die movies in preparation for us watching them in the next couple of weeks, but obviously with this one coming in last minute, I did purchase it, but it's not going to get here at time for us to to do anything with it. So. I went ahead and purchased his other movie, Wet and Reckless, at the same time. I, I don't think we're reviewing that at all. That's not science fiction. If that is science fiction, someone tweet at us and let us know it's science fiction, and we'll see if we can squeeze it in. But uh, judging from the trailer I watched, it's decidedly not science fiction. I think the only other, not the only other, but one of the other movies that we that I would like to watch of his is, it's like the it's like in the jungle. I forget what it's called. Wet and Reckless. Oh, it is Wet and Reckless? Yeah, okay. they're in uh, Thailand. Okay, when the cover makes it look like an Indiana Jones film? Yeah, that's the point. Okay. Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> Once again, pulling on that that childhood oh. nostalgia a little bit. Sean Whalen makes a return in Wet and Reckless. <laughs> yes, yes. Either way, I think overall, I think we're both saying, like, this is on YouTube. There's nothing stopping you from watching this film. It is definitely worth the price of subscription. Would you agree? I would agree. I definitely wouldn't go into it thinking you're watching another FP style movie. It is oh no, n- it nothing is. like it. I mean, it's definitely a stark departure, and it's f- like it's funny how like fans, like the fandom, can disagree so hard with the, the direction of a creator. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've oh, done well, it. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna talk about Star Wars. Oh, uh, it's man. been 33 minutes and 40 seconds. There were a lot of people that did not like the prequels. It's a historical fact. There were a lot of people who did not like the prequels, and that you know, I have my issues with with those movies. But it was a different thing, and I think that I mean, this is different because 
the FP and this movie are com- two completely different franchises slash genres. But yeah, if you go into this movie thinking, oh yeah, this guy made the FP, this movie's going to be a comedy, crazy, and it's going to be yeah. ridiculous and over the top and hysterical. And it's decidedly not those things. And I think it's all the better for it because I don't know if this movie would have worked had it been like a satirical comedy. Oh, no. Yeah, absolutely not. With dancing. I do. <laughs> yeah. There is zero dancing in this movie. <laughs> for better or for worse. I have a question concerning okay. the plot of this film. Okay. Two things. How did Sam figure out the human ashes keep the ghosts away? Like, I get he found that it didn't see him when he was hiding behind that dead body. But how did he come up with the idea or know to dig up a corpse and burn the bones? I don't know. Okay. That was a long pause. Okay. Well, it, it ties into the a question that I had for myself. It might be the same as my next question. How did Brian get the package? How did he get the package? <laughs> I'm a little confused. And this is, it's a plot hole, but it's a plot hole that sets up the whole, the whole movie. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Mayo works differently in Tasmania. Like there's a big <laughs> tube that he put it in and it just went boom. And it just, <laughs> it just went all the way. To mainland, I because well, he was in Australia, right? That's where he was supposed yes. to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe the ghosts in it. That's yeah. I asked that question out loud while I was watching the film. Like, how did he get the book? Yeah. Unless he sent it before, but then how would he know everything that's happening? Maybe the ghosts did send it in order to lure Brian to the island so they could get him too. It's surreal. Like when the radio starts talking to them mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, it sounds like a game show or an interview. Like that's trippy. I was not sure if Molly was alive or not. Like yeah. I didn't know if she was a ghost or not. Like I just, I wasn't sure. Do all of the people that were killed by the ghosts come back to life after he kills dad ghost? Ghost dad? I, I don't I don't know. I watched all the way to the end. There was no... Me too. <laughs> Horror movie cliche. It's yeah. not a happy ending. There wasn't any of that, thank goodness. Yes, that's true. That's true. I believe Jason Trost is planning more in this universe. I don't know if it's another film or what have you, but a few weeks ago on June 23rd, so just shy of a month ago, he did tweet out about how he's excited to jump back into the How to Save Us universe after FP and 3 and 4 are okay. done. So I think we're going to get more. Whether we're getting more of Brian's story or just more of a you know a different story, I would be very happy to see another story set in this universe that has nothing to do with the characters we've already seen, if that makes sense. Maybe like a prequel? Well, not not even like that. He, he mentioned that these portals are everywhere, right? So it doesn't, yeah. it could just, it could be a similar set of circumstances or a completely different set of circumstances with a simply, it just, it can be something else. So it, I don't know where you go with it with the Everett's with Brian and Sam, but I could definitely see, I could definitely see other stories with these, with these ghosts and with different triggers for them being there, that type of thing. Yeah. And of course with a, with a larger budget, we could see, <laughs> well, I mean, the film was, well, we didn't mention it. I believe the budget listed on IMDb is an est- yeah, estimated $20,000. Yeah. So, I mean, you double that. How much more can you do with the effects? How much more can you do with a few, uh, you know, another actor or actress or what have you? You know, what else can you do with it? There were very few moments where I noticed CGI. Like there was a sign, I think, that said like evacuate or quarantine or mm. go back or something like that. And I was like, oh, it's clearly edited onto that sign. But for $20,000, I'm absolutely amazed that they were able to get so many shots on that island. I, I mean, I don't know if that was really Tasmania or not. I've never been. But there were so many shots in neighborhoods 
in houses yeah. on the road where there's no one else. You gotta you gotta get a permit to yeah. shoot a film. You gotta get a permit. At least in the United States, you gotta you know you gotta check zones. You gotta make sure that you know you're obeying traffic laws and all that extra stuff. So for twenty thousand dollars, yeah, pretty impressed. Oh, absolutely, hundred percent. Makes me wonder what I could do with twenty thousand dollars, <laughs> which is probably something half as creative and much much worse. No, it's our Stargate reboot. Is that our Stargate reboot? Yeah. Are we making Stargate fan films now? There's too many <laughs> Star Trek fan films on YouTube. We need some Stargate ones. Now I'm going to Stargate fan films into YouTube. <laughs> Anyways, I don't think I have anything else to say about this film. Definitely worth a watch, especially if you're into a little bit more of a psychological type horror film. Do you have anything else, Chris? I don't think so. You're going to watch the sequel or whatever else he does with this franchise or property? Yeah. I'd be interested. I would agree that it is worth the price of subscription, considering, as you said earlier, you can watch it for free. As we said with the, the Star Wars fan film, Star Trek. it's hard to criticize free things. I did. I said it again. Yeah. Star Trek fan film. It's hard to criticize things that are free. Well, we've done it. But we're on record yeah. having criticized things for <laughs> that were free. I think we watched something on YouTube that I said was not worth the price of subscription. <laughs> that all being said, what you can do besides criticize people is go on over to your social media platform of choice. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at, at Sci-Fi Wise Guys. And for whatever reason, if you're stuck using Facebook because you don't know how to use the internet, the Sci-Fi Wise Guys podcast group so request to join. <laughs> <laughs> and on our social media, we post episode releases. Uh, every once in a while, we'll tweet out something funny, maybe. Who knows? And after you've done all that, head on over to your podcasting platform of choice. Like, subscribe, give us a five-star rating. As I've said before, if you give us a rating on iTunes, I will read it on the podcast. I may not say your name, but I will read what you write, so it better not be something your mom doesn't want you to say. And if you really, really liked what you heard, head on over to patreon.com forward slash sci-fi wise guys. Become a patron, get access to member-specific content, behind-the-scenes content that you can't get unless you're a patron. Uh, things like Anthony and I just joking around and then re-releasing episodes. Make sure to share us with your friends, share us with your enemies. Remember to stay safe, stay hydrated, and remember that you are loved by the hosts and the community of this podcast. Thanks, guys. Bye. I have an off-topic thing. He's in a movie in 2015, Jason Trost. It's called Christ Massacre. I think it's supposed to be Chris, Chris Massacre, mm. but it literally just says Christ Massacre. It's not important. I'm going to read you the blurb. The world has turned into chaos. Everywhere you look, you see people jumping at every opportunity to take advantage of their fellow man. The immovable object and the unstoppable force have come to get to set shit straight by any means necessary. <laughs> This character's name is Reverend Elation. Okay, I mean we don't have to we don't have to watch this. I just thought it was funny. But I was just, I mean, yeah, I was good, like, Wait a good. Justin S. Kirkland is credited as Jesus. Oh, good. So very, very good. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh my goodness.